Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, that's 12 to 3 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I want to start with this. The Packers dominate the uh, the Niners last night. Uh, the Packers did win, did cover. Uh, they hit the over, which was late. Bad kind of beat. Sorry, I gave you Packers in the under. My bad. Uh, that that's a one on one night for me. You guys can decide how you want to count that against my numbers. We have our picks upcoming. What time's our picks? Uh, two fifteen West Coast, five fifteen East Coast, five College, five Pro. Those are upcoming. But I, I, I was on Cowherd show earlier today, and he was like, yeah, "I don't really know what to take from uh, last night." And look, m- part of my takeaway is you're playing against a depleted team. And a, a big part of this year in the NFL, any year in the NFL, but this year especially is, are you healthy? Are you not? And there are certain levels of health and injury, which you just can't be competitive. But we've, we've done this thing with the Packers where last year they were 13 and three, but they were kind of lucky, right? Remember that? Well, look at all these kind of luck wins, you know, they're 13 and three. Um, they do have a loss this year 
to the Vikings last week where they just got bludgeoned by a solid running game. And they do have a loss to Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They had a 10 nothing lead. Uh, Rodgers throws a pick six, and it just became kind of a house of cards. That said, they're 6-2 and two on the season. They're a game up on the Bears in their division. Uh, they're not assured of being in the playoffs, but they're in pretty good shape. It should be pointed out the the almighty NFC, the almighty NFC has, are you ready for this? Um, they have seven teams who have a positive plus minus. Seven teams have a positive plus minus. Okay, point differential. And the Packers at six and two, who don't have the best record, haven't they played one more game than the Seahawks? They're a plus 49. Now, the Buccaneers, who beat the Packers, lost to the Saints, play them again. And the Packers, of course, beat the Saints. They're a plus 82. The Arizona Cardinals are a plus 57. And then the Green Bay Packers. So, based upon point differential, they're the third best team in the NFC. Based upon record, they're somewhere between the second and third best team in the NFC. And we act like, oh, ho-hum, they just took down the Niners. That was big for them. It doesn't matter that the personnel isn't that good or that there wasn't a single player, single player, on the on the uh, uh, San Francisco 49ers last night who played against them in the NFC Championship game. That style of offense had given them trouble. Additionally, we like to poo-poo their, uh, um, their offense. The Packers are 16th in points per game. The Buccaneers are 7th. The Saints are 23rd. The Seahawks are 24th. Like, they're right in line to get to another NFC Championship game. They continue to accrue wins to play possibly at home this year. And if you don't think that's a difference maker when you get to the Arctic temperatures, it absolutely is. Absolutely is. And it, it, look, it's fair to say that usually running the football in the cold weather or in the windy weather or in the snowy weather is better. And with, with Aaron Jones, they're better, but they're still not a great running team. That's not what they do best. It's Aaron Rodgers, the De- Devontae Adams that they do best. But if you live and play in the snow every day, you're going to be better at it than the Saints, than uh, the Seahawks, than the Buccaneers, if they can get the Buccaneers at home. Like we just done this, we've done this thing to where there's nothing really the Packers can accomplish in the regular season that's going to impress people. Well, what did we learn last night? They dominated him. Aaron Rodgers made throws that only Aaron Rodgers can make. He sprinkled the ball around. They got Aaron Jones back to get, kind of getting healthy. And as was their scheme, they want to get ahead and then unleash the pass rush on you. I'm I'm okay if we all point out that the Niners are depleted, that those aren't their starters, that they they got their they got they beat the JV. Okay, but you can still see what a team looks like. Are they getting better? Are they getting worse? How are they responding? You know how you play your first couple of drives is: Are you ready to play? And keep in mind, there was some talk that they wouldn't play last night because there were some guys. AJ Dillon had the COVID thing; they had to leave some guys behind. So when you factor it all together. You know, you factor it all together and you're like, you know what? Packers are a pretty good football team. What did we learn last night? We, we learned that they're a pretty good football team, that they're resilient to a lot of different things, that it isn't California that gets them beat. It's teams with a good scheme and really good personnel get, get them beat. That's what happened with the Chargers. That's what happened with uh, the Niners going back to last year. Like, you don't have to freak out because they lost to the Vikings. They lost the game. They didn't play well. They, look, they lost the game to the Buccaneers. They come back the next week and throttle, uh, throttle their next opponent. 
Like everyone's, everyone thinks the Saints are pretty good. They beat the Saints handily. You know, they'll have the Jaguars, which is like another week off. And then they're there. And then they start to creep back in the divisional play. Like they're going to lose at max four games, max four games. Like they just don't have more losses on their schedule. And so every win, even against a bad team is, is paramount for them. You know, they still have the Colts on the road. Uh, they have the Titans at home. They got the Bears twice, but the Colts are a great defense. The Titans are a really good football team. You know, you look at their schedule and the most they could potentially lose really is three and probably two. They, the, you, you get to 12 and four this year. You're, you're playing at home once, maybe twice. You get to 13 and three like they were last year and it's a distinct possibility. Now you could be playing at home every game and that's what they want. And oh yeah, by the way, that's what Aaron Rodgers said they need to do at the end of last year. Hey, we got to get to this place where we're playing this game against the Niners at home. What'd we learn? Devontae Adams might be a top five wide receiver. What'd we learn? Aaron Rodgers is absolutely an elite quarterback. Aaron Jones is back healthy and they took care of business and they looked sharp. They looked ready to play. Not every game needs to be some referendum on good player, bad player, great team, bad team. Sometimes it's just, are they sharp? Did they get on and off the field without getting injured? Did they look ready to play? Do they look like message received based upon how they played last week? And the answer was yes, 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 yes. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The biggest game of the weekend is Sunday's game, I believe, right? We all think that Denver and Atlanta. I'm kidding joke. Detroit, Minnesota. Kidding. Houston, Jacksonville. Okay, all right, enough. All right, you get three of them, that's enough. The Saints are taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the second time that they're going to face each other. And the first time was Tom Brady's first game in a Tampa Bay uniform. It was in the Dome, albeit there were no no fans there. And I, I'm sitting there and I'm I'm thinking to myself, who's this game bigger for? Because it's the first time we're going to, they're going to have Antonio Brown, right? They're going to have all their stud wide receivers. Like Tampa's kind of loaded for this one. And the last time around, they didn't play that well. So common sense would tell you, common sense would tell you, it's a bigger game for Tampa Bay. I think if you asked people without, before I started to, to give you something to think about, most people go like, well, Tampa lost to him last time. Tampa thinks of themselves as a Super Bowl team. They think about themselves like they're the best team in the NFC. They have two losses on the year. One of the, one of the losses is to a team in their division. You don't want to fall a game behind a team because you lose to Houston twice in your division. And if you look at, at Tampa, most of their wins, Carolina, Denver, 
uh, Vegas, the Chargers, the Giants, those are all bad teams. And you'd be right about all of that. Like none, none of what you would say there would, would be wrong. But I, I think it's pretty obvious this is a bigger game for the Saints. Right? Now, the Saints are getting back. We think they're getting back Michael Thomas. He was at practice today. I believe they'll have Drew Brees, who missed a couple of days of practice with, with some uh, shoulder injury. But the Saints kind of, look, they got beat by the Raiders. All right, that was Monday night, first Monday night game. It happens. They get beat by the Packers. Game wasn't as close as the final score. But they survived the Lions. Took them overtime to come back to beat the Chargers. They survived Carolina win by three. And they very much survived in overtime the Chicago Bears. Like there hasn't been a flex their muscles. We're one of the elite teams in the NFL. And you're not playing against the best competition. Since week one. Tell me when they've been crazy impressive. Now, it would be fair to say if you don't have your best player, and that's Michael Thomas, you're not going to look the same. That's fair. And Kamara's been banged up. He's supposedly back healthy. Like all of that stuff, I'm I'm not taking away at all from that argument. You don't have Michael Thomas, who leads the league in catches. You take him off the football field, it's going to be not the same team. Okay, is the 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 Packers aren't the same without Devontae Adams? Right, we like we can go through every team. You take away their best skill position player outside of Quinn. You take away their quarterback, but you know they didn't, Drew Brees played all these games. N- now you take on Tampa. On the road, it's not in bad weather, but it is in open air where Breeze isn't as good. And you take on a team with a tremendous, tremendous defensive line, tremendous front seven. And a team that can score points. And one that has reason to be ticked off and want to beat you. Like, to me, I kind of think this is a bigger game for the Saints. And I don't think it's crazy to say so. Like, the Saints, like the Saints are one of these teams where... I know they've been viable playoff teams, but like, all right. Like, yeah, they lost to the Rams. Yeah, but they lost at home. Yeah, they lost last year to the Vikings at home. They lost to the Vikings the year before, two years, three years ago on the crazy miracle in Minneapolis. But I I don't, this like feels like it's their last chance with Breeze. I think everybody feels like it's the last chance with Breeze. And man, they got to play at home if they want any shot. And the only way of playing at home they got any shot is to win their division. And the only way they win their division is if they sweep Tampa. And you can't sweep Tampa unless you win Sunday. Brady's not young and his arm might not be the same, but it has amazing elasticity. And he's shown the ability to win in terrible weather. Terrible weather. We don't have any proof that Drew Brees can go on the road in Green Bay can go on the road in Philadelphia, potentially, in Seattle, you know? And I told you last week, last Friday, I did a segment on two quarterbacks, win or lose, how they play in these, Lamar Jackson, what was the answer, and Drew Brees. Drew's team won, but it wasn't because of Drew. You know, he didn't kill him, but it wasn't like he was tearing him up. Didn't have Michael Thomas. I know that's different. I understand that. And Lamar Jackson, not good enough. There's some good things, but not good enough. And, 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 oh yeah, by the way, both of them have an opportunity to redeem themselves this week. 
against good defenses, good teams. Now, I've also said this that like if Drew's shoulder really isn't sound, I I wouldn't I would completely be for seeing Jameis Winston this weekend. And and you ask yourself why would you do that? You know, there's no quarterback controversy with the Saints. Jonathan Vilma made it out like there'd be a quarterback controversy. Like, no, they wouldn't. Like, this is what Denver did in order to get themselves, whether it was to rest Peyton, whether Peyton was really hurt, whatever, is they played Brock Osweiler a bunch. He had started and Peyton was hurt. There's no reason you can't rest Drew Brees, especially with what's the weakness to the Tampa Bay's defense, the back end. Well, you can't get to that back end with Drew Brees who can't throw the ball downfield. You can with James Winston. So I don't think it's a crazy idea if his shoulder really is hurt or if he's not playing well. Like, let Jameis go in there. Let's see what he's got. But this is a big game for the Saints. They have to win this division. They want any chance to get to a Super Bowl. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes 
that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's welcome in John Middlecoff. He's about to join us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, I look at this weekend, the National Football League, and without giving away some of my picks, I think there's fascinating games. We mentioned Tennessee and Buffalo. Uh, excuse me, but Tennessee and Chicago. I think Seattle and Buffalo is going to be very, very interesting. Um, and then obviously New Orleans and Tampa. You get a chance to see Tua and uh, Tua going against Arizona. So you have two elite young quarterbacks. And again, this is kind of the I don't have to see Tua win the game or lose a game to try and have some sort of takeaway. But my takeaway from last week is there wasn't a lot there there. Like, give me a... It's like going to hear a band and you may not like their sound. You may not like their songs, but you might like their sound. You may not like their lead singer, but man, the guitarist has something. It's watching Miami play. I'm like, eh, I don't know if they got it. I don't know if he's got it. Don't I just I don't know. I'm not feeling if he's got it. Um by the way, I I I think this is a kind of sneaky under the radar game is Baltimore Indy. It's like a lot of fans, I don't know if they've come around to how good Indy's defense is, and that's really the strength of this team. And there's some similarities in their defense, and it, it's hard because you know, look, they lost to the Jaguars to start the season, but you can almost throw out those week one games. Like the week one, the week one games are, it's not even extended preseason. It was their preseason. I look at Indy and, and Baltimore and 
we're going to have to keep an eye on this Lamar Jackson thing because he has not been good throwing the football and and it's been especially bad against elite defenses and this is an elite defense that can stop the run. This Friday and Saturday, the world's best thoroughbreds will compete in the 14 exhilarating races worth $31 million in purses and awards at the Breeders' Cup World Championships. Learn more Breeders' Cup World Championships at breederscup.com slash 2020. John Middlecoff, former NFL scout. He is a uh, he is a legend in the podcasting world. Three and Out is the podcast. Let me start with last night. Cowherd says you can't learn much from it. I think you can because they came out sharp. They spread the ball around. Aaron Jones is healthy. Devontae Adams is a freak. And they they looked focused against a style of football that has given them trouble. Granted, the personnel of the Niners is not the type that really challenges them. Did, did you have takeaways from last night's game? Yeah, I would tend to agree with Colin because while I think different about Aaron Rodgers, like I've already seen him this year, they have a Super Bowl offense. Like that, the guy last year, we, I think we all kind of agreed their offense, something was off. This year, when Aaron Jones is healthy, Devontae Adams healthy, and this version of Aaron Rodgers, like his comfort, how comfortable he is in this offense, you can win the whole thing. But what I did not learn is their defense. I mean, the Niners, they're down to like their fifth string running back. And the one big issue Green Bay has, and I think Seattle has this too, and you saw two weeks ago, I don't know how much I can take away from against the Niners. Now they get Jamal Adams back. The Packers don't have a guy to bring back. They're not physical enough. And when they play the Saints, who have Kamara, when obviously they play Tampa, who despite, you know, having a bunch of weapons outside, they can kind of ram it down your throat and they play physical defense. Like the physical teams that I think we all agree over the last decade have been what Aaron Rodgers ran into in the playoffs, whether it was the Harbaugh Niners, you know, a couple years ago, one Seattle team when they didn't score touchdowns. That was a little on Mike McCarthy uh, last year with the Niners shoving them around. And I, you just can't really fix that. Now, could he just go on an all-time heater and they just outscore people in the playoffs? I, I think we have to come to grips with, like, that might be possible with this group. Yeah. Do you think they made a mistake not uh, overspending on a wide receiver? Uh, I, I, th- I agreed with taking Jordan Love because I think the version of Aaron Rodgers we saw last year was like, uh, I, I thought he was kind of trending the other way. Now, information that, you know, if you were betting on him trending that way, you would have gone like, that was the right move. Then he turns back into like five years ago, Aaron Rodgers, and now you're like, ugh, like you have a quarterback who's not even your backup quarterback. You have this running back in the second round that, Obviously, he's got corona, and, and it's not helping you out. I think he just, God, could you have added a linebacker and a wide receiver with those two picks? Like that, to me, knowing what Aaron Rodgers is this year, I, I think we'd all have to say they would change their plans, right? Now, it's easy to say hindsight in Monday morning quarterback because I, I thought they made the right decision. It's just, God, I mean, when you have an MVP-level player, if you just surrounded him, if you just hit on one of those two picks, yes, right? of just a linebacker and maybe just a functional pass catcher, tight end or, you know, wide receiver. Who knows? Like they might be the favorite. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a hard one. I mean, I, I think in the, on the value side, you're getting more value out of, um, you're getting more value out of having Jordan love, right? Like Jordan loves value. will probably in, in, in theory. Yes. In, in theory, it doesn't go down. It only goes up because you, worst case scenario, you can move off him in the next two years for a first round draft pick and kind of get it back and, and, and do the do over. Cause somebody's going to need a quarterback and somebody evaluated him and said, well, you know, two years of working for him. And we haven't seen him. So we don't know just how bad it actually is. Right. Uh, but that's again, in theory, whereas, 
you know, during those two years, if you got a player who was a difference maker, is it is it worth it? And that's again, that's an organizational decision which they're gonna they're gonna have to live with. Let's let, let's get to the Niners. You and I have been kind of lockstep in this with the Garoppolo thing, but with them falling apart without Garoppolo, does it make it any more likely that he will return next year for the Niners as their quarterback? Yeah, I think last night definitely helped, and I, I would imagine the rest of the season won't look that great either, so th- that will also help his case. He's got one thing going for him. He's on a pretty cheap team-friendly contract that they control. So when this offseason hits, like Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins are not available. Like Those teams are not trading players when the cap's going down for enormous dead caps. And Kyle Shanahan has proven – they haven't really signed crazy deals. Why would he want a $35 million contract with one of those guys when he has Jimmy for way cheaper? Now, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe he does. I think that would be a terrible move. But let's just say he's not going to do that. Who are the options to really upgrade with an NFL, a guy that's already in the league? Probably Sam Darnold, but that would, that would come down. I don't know what you know, uh, Kyle thinks of him. Their evaluation of Sam Darnold really more coming out than his time in the NFL because time in the NFL hasn't been great. So that Jimmy has that going for him. Then if you're going to do that, you would just keep Jimmy on the roster and draft a guy. Like To me, that's the most likely scenario that they kind of pull an Alex Smith-type move. And as we see with Aaron Rodgers, that the thing with Patrick Mahomes is he was so good. And you could see in that Week 17 game, they were just like, okay, what are we doing? And then Alex lost in the playoffs. But if Jimmy, if they drafted, let's say, the BYU kid in the first round, and next year Jimmy, they make a run, and Jimmy's really good, well, you can slow play it. You're not in a huge rush. That, to me, is probably the safest move than to trade for one of these older guys. Like, listen, I, I respect Matt Ryan. I think he's had a great career. I, I think he's trending down dramatically. No question. And, and the Vikings, people forget this when they keep throwing out, oh, the Vikings suck, though. They just gave him a contract extension. So they, the owner just cut him a, a large amount of money that he pays him basically over a 12-month period. He's going to pay him $60, $70 million and then just trade him. And, and you know, the Niners aren't going to want to give up some high pick. So you're just like, I'm just going to – I pay this guy $65 million over 12 months, an extension over the money I've already paid him, and then I'm just going to give him the Niners for a third-round pick? Like – that's just bad business. It is. I, it, I think Kirk Cousins a lock to be on that team next year. Uh, to be on the Vikings, yes. I, 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 to be on the Vikings, I, I tend yeah, to agree. Yes, they, what they did was they moved a bunch of money around because they're in cap hell otherwise, and you're not going to upset that when you have co- you have cost certainty with him. You know where that is. That's for the next two and, years. And, he, and he's really, like when you watch him, I mean, he has some bad moments, but he's not their problem. Like, nah, they, they've proven fine. they can win with him. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. He's the same fine. as he's always been, right? He's, exactly. he's, he's not an elite quarterback, but he's he's fine. He's 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 fine. And that's where hopefully John Lynch would have a little more power now. And if Kyle is still in love with the guy, could just talk him out of it. Yes. Which I, I look, Darnold possibly becomes on the market. I think there's some other guys that'll be on the market. Which if, you know if, the problem, you know the problem with Darnold, Doug, is he's in year three. That means going into year four when you're a first contract. round quarterback, yep. you and you got to pick up his fifth year option. Well, it's like that fifth year option is really expensive. If they wanted to trade him after year two, I think it would be a much easier deal. I think it's a little more complicated than just the way everyone talks about it. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think everyone he's going to go for a first round pick. I, I'd pump the brakes on that. I mean, he's been hurt now again. His film's not great. It's not all his fault, but you'd basically be just be trading based on three years ago. And let's face it, a lot changes 
you know, once you come into the league. Okay, you, you, I, I, you here's, learn about a here's where I'll push back, though, okay? And it, from his first start until now, just about every game you watch, there's a there's a wow play. There's a, okay, man, this, this guy's got something, right? I use that in comparison to Tua. I know they won. I know Aaron Donald is a monster, right? So you want to, and the kid's coming off a devastating injury. You just want him to get rid of the football quick. I just, I didn't see any wow play. There wasn't a, I mean, you, you, I know you, you guys, you and Guy love to talk on your other pod about, about golf and gamble on golf. You know, there's usually that one shot you hit on a, when you play 18 with a buddy, there's that one shot that keeps you coming back. Right. And I just didn't see that from Tua. Am I missing something? Yeah, to me, if we use the golf analogy, if like Herbert and Burrow are, are these guys like, you know, Bryson DeChambeau and Rory McIlroy, he's really more like a guy that hits at 270 yards off the tee. And when you do that, your margin for error, like he's not that big. It's got a little – now, he's, I think, a much more mature, and people that I knew at Alabama love the guy, so I'm not comparing the personality to Baker Mayfield because he is not going to say anything dumb. He's not gonna, people are going to like him. But the thing you see with Baker and you see it with Tua, like his physical attributes, once you get to the NFL, you know, the NBA drafts right around the corner. We always talk about these guys like with high ceilings and then the guys with like, you know, they don't have a high ceiling, but they have a high floor. Well, the problem is you never truly know until you actually see them with the other players. And then you pretty quickly know, you're like, oh, yeah, this guy is going to be limited. Now, we once said that about Drew Brees. He was just elite, right? Accuracy. The offense was perfect for him. He got the perfect head coach. And, again, his accuracy and just his timing and, and just understanding of how to run the offense is probably as good as it gets. Like, to me, that Tua has to be that. And, you know, for a guy that's already been injured, and the, the story's already out. Like, they might have a top five or six pick with the Houston Texans pick. What if they do have the chance to get just even trade up a couple spots to get an elite guy? They just saw, like, Arizona just kind of gave the blueprint. Now I think Tua is probably better than Rosen. Yes, and, and, and much more, but, and much, and much more likable. But yes, I yeah, but and, I, but and, I do think that 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 did show like it, the worst thing you can do in the NFL, right, is draft high and pick the wrong quarterback or a guy that you're not you know dead set on. It, it does leave you in limbo for a couple of years. Well, it also it's like the Yannick Ngakwe move by the Vikings, though, right? It's like the you got to sometimes admit when you made a mistake when something doesn't fit. Now, that's that's I think the big that's to me the big one. It's like. Uh, I don't know if this is why the Cowboys gave Amari Cooper that big of a contract, but it's almost like they wanted to prove, like, no, we knew what we were doing all along. We 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 didn't first round pick and give him a big contract. No, 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 we love him. He's awesome, well, they, and right. That that's they, to me exactly. the mistake that people make. It's not just a mistake; it's doubling down on a mistake so they don't admit that they were wrong. And that's where I think if you're in that room, the tough spot would be because I think it would be easy to say, well, we got four picks and we got two in the first, two in the second, or whatever they have. Two, potentially, I think, like four top 50 picks. What if we take two wide receivers and two offensive linemen and help stack the deck for the kid? And then, because that's not crazy. You just took the kid fifth. Let's just put a sweet offensive, draft Jamar Chase, you know, draft another sweet wide receiver and draft the top offensive lineman, right? A guard and a, and a, and a tackle. And then we'll just, we just draft the tackle this year. Then our offense is sweet. And then all of a sudden you, you do that, which isn't crazy. You just took a guy fifth. And then you realize midway through next season, you're like, well, we like all these guys, but why don't, we don't love the quarterback. And then you're kind of stuck. And that's where I think these next, really the next two months, because the team is kind of in playoff contention, but if he can just get them eight and eight, nine and seven and have one thing, the bar is not now like you can't just cruise to 120 yard passing games. 
in this league. Like you, he needs to prove that he can have some explosive passing games because he's, the other two kids are doing that. I mean, Burrow's team stinks. Herbert's team is better, but his eye test is just in, incredible. I, I think they're – to me, my educated guess is the owner saw those two guys and was like, listen, guys, if we think two is healthy, he's got to play. I mean, we, let's, let's see what this kid has. Yeah. That, that that sounds about right, and you want to do it off the bye week? So give him the- I w- and I wouldn't even blame the owner. I mean, it's like, well, I'm watching these two guys. You keep dressing Tua. It'd be one thing if Tua was in sweats with a, with the hip injury, but he was healthy. I will tell so you, he, I, he, I, I, will, I will tell you also that the owner, like, there's, there's different types of owners. Stephen Ross is super, super engaged in their player acquisition. Uh, I yeah. know that I, so I um I've heard I've heard that too. Yeah, like like he he sat, Saturdays he watches college football the entire time. Supposedly he's the reason they 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 went and got Jakeem Grant in the sixth round. I think he because he was watching Texas Tech late one night. He loved he loved uh, Big Twelve football and he was like, "Who's this?" He called Mike Tannenbaum and told him to told him to draft Jakeem Grant because <laughs> he's got he's got crazy speed, which he does have crazy speed. Does have crazy yeah. speed anyway. Uh, John Middlecoff, our guest in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I, I feel like this is a chance for Lamar to redeem himself, and it's kind of a sneaky good game because the Colts' defense is so good, and I'm not sure if America has paid attention to it. I had a coach tell me that they played the Colts this year. He thought they were one of the best front sevens he's seen in years. So the physicality there, you're not just going to be able to run around, which last week, when you look at the box score, I mean, they were very, very productive on the ground they lost the game because he couldn't throw so if they can't run the ball like they did last week i think they were well over 200 yards uh it's going to put a lot of pressure on him and i i saw a twitter video that you had I, I thought it was great about lamar jackson like listen we can be critical of his passing but every time he gets on the microphone the, t- the way the team responds to him he really has been impressive yeah i mean his off the field has been an a plus it's just really the only knock on him is just the passing game, yes. which, and not just the passing game, because when they kill people, like non-Steeler teams, and they're winning some of these games like 40-10, to 10, it's easy for them, right? Because right. they're running it, they're passing it. And then when they get in these tight games, and he gets down, or when the game's tight, it's like, uh, just that third nine pass sails, or he just takes a sack, or he just takes off and gets tackled. That, to me, is, and back when I was with the Eagles, I saw it, and I don't blame a running quarterback. With Michael Vick, like, at the end of the day, instead of going Drew Brees or Tom Brady or even like what Burrow and Herbert are doing, they just lean the pass, you go, well, I can run for it because my legs are so elite. And against the best teams, the fastest Can't defenses. You notice, Doug? He drops, defenses, he's gotten back to where he drops his eyes, but go ahead. Yeah, they've never been faster in the NFL. Yes. So they might not be Lamar fast, but they, they're already taking good – they take good angles. It's just hard for him to do it. And I'm with you. The, the, the eye-dropping – He's not scrambling to throw now. He's scrambling to run. And so I put some of it on the, on the coach. I mean, they just, they just get so enamored with running that, like, triple option thing they do. And it just – you got to practice the pass to be good at the pass. Yeah. But if we remember, it's, it's interesting. When Greg Rome was in San Francisco, mid could never adapt. Well, mid-year – yeah, right. But mid-year, Kaepernick replaced Alex Smith that took off. The second year, which would have been like last year when he was MVP, Kaepernick was seen as an elite quarterback. And then the third year, they were 8-8, eight and eight, and it was, well, Kaepernick's got small hands. He can't roll to his left. It was about his shortcomings when some of it also was about the shortcomings and the lack of ability to evolve the offense, right? So, which we're seeing some of that, some of that 
with, with Baltimore. Um, all right, next week is Masters Week. Maybe we'll have you on before Friday. Maybe we won't. In the meantime, stay safe up there. We'll talk to you soon. Adios, Duggar. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast! podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.